Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaders and Learners, where we all know the best leaders are lifetime learners. And today we're going to be the learners. We get to learn from someone that has published tons of books and helps authors get their words out and on paper and out to you. Uh, she has a body of work um, that, that some would really uh, envy. For those that have thought about writing books and can't seem to get it all the way done, she's someone that can help you with that. Um, a way of motivating people to get their emotions, to connect with the words, to connect with the paper. So, you know, it, it might sound easy, it's really not. And for any author out there that has actually completed the process, you know, Sometimes you get unmotivated. Sometimes you you get writer's block. Um, sometimes you're just like, no one wants to hear from me. But not only has she been able to help other authors, now she is again an author herself. She took a break. And we're going to talk about why that break was so long and what has actually motivated her to do what she has helped others do for years. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring you Miss uh, Tamika Sims. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Listen, I'm excited to have you here because we met a while ago through my fraternity brother. Mm -hmm. And one of my first questions after I got to know you was why are you not writing more books? Why are you not doing your own thing? Because you help, like you're just a giver. You give of self so much. You do more than just your job. So I want to talk about your job as an author, as a coach, as a, an assistant, as you know, you do so many things, but then why that has turned into you now giving of yourself to others in a way that you haven't in so long. So let the people know a little bit um, about you, where you're from and how this new book came about. All right. Well, first of all, thank you, Tanya, so much for having me on Leaders and Learners. I'm excited and looking forward to the duration of our conversation on today. Um, but I'm Tamika L. Sims. I like to call myself a Southern girl. <laughs> Tried and true. I am a native of Columbia, South Carolina. Now I currently live in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I'm really excited about my personal life journey that has led me to a new space as well. So lots of newness happening all around. Um, but I am very excited about the release of this new book, um, Ink Pen Diva, The Truth Behind My Pen. And that's really come about because, as you know, you and I connect because we're both survivors of domestic violence. And so my, that's what my very first book was about. It was a very personal recounting of a particular time in my life of where I had to um, really sort of embrace not just being a victim of domestic violence, but also putting myself in position to be a voice for those uh, women, men and children that were also having that same experience. And so Ink Pen Diva is an opportunity for me to also tell a similar story, but not one bound by painful past or trauma. And mm -hmm. that was really important for me to be able to do that. So this is all of my entrepreneurial journey and my experience with that. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, telling a new story and changing the narrative from what people have known me for for so long. Okay, so the first book was about what you survived. Yes. And this one takes us more into post 
survival. Absolutely. Post-survival, strictly my entrepreneurial journey, but then all of the highs and the lows that happened with that particular time period as well. Like and what? Give us a, give us an example. So one example of those would be being homeless as an entrepreneur. Like there was hmm. a particular time period where I launched my business, where I was living in my commercial recording studio. Um, I was actually in music and entertainment industry for some years. And when I lost my home that I was renting, I had no place else to go. And so the studio became my living quarters, not only the place where we served the musicians and artists that we were working with, but I actually was able to make a bed essentially and make a home in a room inside of the studio. So that's one of the things that I'm talking about. That's not a story that I've ever shared publicly. Um, you know, because again, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you see so much of the good that's happening on social media. You see so much of people, you know, on private jets and they're flying all across the world and all of these elite events. That wasn't my story and my experience. So and I was actually going to just um, tap into that. Mm -hmm. The fact that I think more entrepreneurs experience what you've experienced than they actually say. What is it about reality and authenticity that seems to escape people? And then when you work with authors, are there times where you have had to tell them, like, I need you to keep it real, like, mm -hmm. be transparent? So for me, you know, transparency is everything. Honesty is everything. That's why I'm telling this story and sharing this experience, because you're right. We often don't, we talk all about the highs and we'll share all of the wins. But what we don't do is we don't share what's happening behind the scenes. And I know for a lot of people, they're not comfortable in that space. A lot of folks aren't willing to be that vulnerable and willing to admit that they may be going through a particular time period. But that's really important to me. And I hope that people that follow me or have been following me, they see that because that's really a, a true part of my brand. But I also want individuals to be inspired. You know, I'm in a position to where I'm, quote unquote, giving permission for other people to share their own similar stories and experiences, because you're right. As an entrepreneur, if you haven't experienced homelessness or the loss of a car or some sort of repossession or lost all your money, like those are things that come with the territory and it's OK to share them. It doesn't mean that people are going to look at you any less. It doesn't mean that people are going to treat you any different. What it means is, is that you're sharing a very real experience from a very real place. And that is so important. I believe that we're losing that in this time. That, so you're you're all in my head. I'm supposed <laughs> to be in your head and, and you're in my head. And my follow up to that was going to be. Um, for the most part, people want to know what you've gone through and how you have um, survived it or gotten through it or gotten past it or gotten over it or solved the problem. So why is it that so many people want to one hide that they've had problems, one hide that they've had um, difficulties, that they've had challenges? What is it about hiding your life experiences that keeps us in this world where people are trying to keep up with the Joneses, but not even really with the Joneses. They're trying to keep up with the Joneses in their head because I don't even know any Joneses that haven't been through anything. Like, what is that? You know, hiding for me is comfort. Like hiding for me is comfortability. Mm. It is my safe space. 
And a lot of times we hold on to these, to the things that we're hiding as personal prized possessions. Like this is the jewel in my crown. So it's all mine. I can't share it with anyone else. And we become comfortable in that space. But what we don't realize that we're doing is we are doing the people that are connected to us a disservice because a lot of times, and I really believe this, that destinies are interconnected, but at the same time, the reason that I'm able to do what I do is so that I'm in a position to inspire other people. I'm not really inspiring if I'm not sharing the good, the bad, the indifferent, and the ugly of the situation. Now, I'm not saying that you have to share every detail. I mean, I believe that you should if you're led in a particular space. Certainly don't have to share every detail, but it's okay to admit that you're going through a trying time while you're trying to build something. I think anybody understands that. But we stay in this space of hiding because I'm comfortable here and I can build a box around my comfort and I never have to escape. <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable hiding hmm. because at some point someone's going to pull the curtain. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that has actually been comforting for me is exposing because then no one else can expose me that's right if i expose me now i'm comfortable because you can't pull the wool from you can't pull the rug from underneath my feet if that's i expose right. me but if i'm hiding someone else can find me or expose me it's really um heartbreaking to me when that happens though yes. when people are exposed and they're not ready um to deal with those things that they've been trying to hide has there been times when you weren't ready to expose whatever domestic violence or any of the things that have happened in your life and it was exposed in an uncomfortable way and then like how did you deal with that yeah for sure absolutely with domestic violence um because i i was really of the mindset leaving that relationship of not wanting i was ready to move on Right. Like I know that survivors, the, the statistics that say survivors go back multiple times before they actually leave. But I was ready to move on. I knew that when I left, I was not going back. I wasn't going to say anything. Right. I was in a different time period in my life. I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't trying to expose him. But he went on this. Um, it's like he got the megaphone. And he started telling everybody of what had happened. He admitted to his faults, his wrongdoings. And I was like, oh, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go before the church. I didn't want to have people calling me. He called my boss and all and at the time. And it was everything. And I had I was confronted and I had no choice but to go out there and to start telling my own story and my own experience. God. But I am, yeah, I'm of the same mindset as you. I'd rather share my own stuff than have somebody else do it because I believe that what happens during that time is people start to think that they have a trump card over you. And so at any given moment, they can throw that trump card on the table and your whole world comes crashing down. But if I take ownership of my narrative and the things that's happening in my life and I put out what needs to be put out, then it's all on me and I can accept the responsibility and someone else feeling as if they have their de my destiny in their hands. And I'm not willing to do that. What have you been doing over the last 10 plus years? <laughs> Hiding. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I really, I pushed myself fully into book publishing 
And once I got the notion of really starting my business and moving forward, I put myself behind my clients. And that that was so me being an author, me being my own creative and me actually existing in that space. I just put that to the side. And so whatever I had to give and everything that I've had to learn throughout the past 10 years of publishing, I put that into my clients. And at this space of helping more than 200 people, it's really been a blessing. You know what I'm saying? But I also realized now that it's time for me to get back out into that space because so much has changed in that industry. And I've not been a part of that because I've been literally behind them, which is great because I'm happy to see the work that they're doing. But I also realize that I need to have my own success in that area. So that's what I've been doing the past 10 years is really focusing on pushing and promoting them. But then now I'm at a space, you know, say, you know what, I need to, it's time for me to do this also for me. And, you know, that's where I am. Was the book therapeutic for you? It was. It was. And the reason I say that, that, the reason I say that, Tanya, is because for so long, I thought that my domestic violence story was the only story I had to tell. Mm. I thought that that's the only thing that people wanted to learn from me, needed to hear from me. I thought that that was all that I could give my audience. But I realized this entrepreneurship journey, it's a different type of beast. And it's it can be as painful. It can be as traumatic where I didn't have to lock myself into continually repeating a story that's so old at this point. I'm living a new life. Now I have a new narrative to share. So it was therapeutic for me to look back on those moments of surviving homelessness, which we talked about. You know, I get to talk about how I launched my business and I was also a couple of months later burying my father and dealing with the loss, a significant loss of a parent. Like I've never shared these stories, um, you know, and I've shared them in some place or another, but not in a public form to where my words are out there forever. So it was definitely therapeutic for me to get some additional things off of my chest and for me to really sit out there and, um, you know, put myself back out there in the space again. You know, I had to realize, too, that I had created my own community of readers and my own audience in the author space. And this is my opportunity to reconnect with them. So. Let us hear it. Give me something <laughs> from the book. I want to get into Miss Tamika's head. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot going on in Tamika's head. But you know, I'm, we don't I'm... like it boring around here. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. All right. So this is actually a quote from. Do you want me to share the chapter that it's from, or just read? Um, chapter and read. Okay, so this is actually chapter one of the book is titled What's in Your Entrepreneurial Garden? Very interesting. <laughs> the women in the room all started to verbally express their desire to tell their story one day. I kind of stepped back and watched for a minute as the sentiment echoed around the room. Finally, I spoke up and asked, if I were to offer a course teaching you how to write a book, who would be interested? Every woman in that room raised their hand. I was shocked. I think I even asked the question only expecting a minimal response. I don't think I said much after that. There wasn't much else to say. The seed had been planted. Now it was time for me to water it. I like that. Thank you. I like it. Talk Thank to me you. about some of your clients. Who are your favorite clients to work with? And then who are the ones you don't like working with? <laughs> My favorite clients to work with are 
the people that have had a story burning on the inside of them for so long. Um, Toni Morrison is my favorite author and her quote says, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story. And I really believe that. Some of the people that have come to me have been wanting to write a book for 10, 15, 20 years, but they either never had the courage or they never had the support to be able to get what was on their heart and mind onto the pages. Those are my favorite type of people to work with, the people who may not necessarily understand the power of releasing a book and their physical product, but they understand that they have a story to tell, not just for themselves, but also one that can help them to help change the lives and the trajectory of paths of other people. Those are my favorite type of people to work with. I also love working with children. Um, I love to see their little creative minds at work. I love to see their vision even come to pass. Children are so creative. They have such vivid imaginations. And I've been a part of several of those stories and helping to release them. And I just love that as well. Um, my least favorite people to work with are the people that know it all. <laughs> you know, the people that just know so much about book publishing and book writing. I'm like, well, why did you come to me then? So those are my least favorite people to work with because I like people that are open to learning and value curiosity and know the importance of even existing in that space. But if you know it all, or you've had somebody to write a book, or you're following this person, following that person, there's so much that you're taking in that you can't really make sense of it all. Those are my least favorite people to work with. Um, I also, you know, people that don't aren't really committed to the process, that's hard for me too, because writing my first book changed my life and it put me in this position to be where I am today. So I know the power of it. And I also need that same energy breathing life into you as you are working on your book so that you too can have that same experience. But if you're not fully committed, if it's something that you're just doing, you're never going to get out of it what you need to. So those are also my least favorite people to work with. <laughs> I absolutely can appreciate that. I had a situation Thanks. recently where you know, when I, I work with people that need PR and mm -hmm. there are those people that feel like they know it all, mm -hmm. every, how it's supposed to go, what I should be doing. Yeah. Do, do run your business. Let me, <laughs> let me run mine. Yeah. And we'll, we'll make it work. But if you're not committed to the process, like you mm -hmm. said, things can just go off the rails. Show us the book, please. Can you, can you show the people the book do you have i don't have it yet because it doesn't release yet so okay. we're yeah it doesn't release until september the first okay so we are going to make sure that we get um a copy for oh, a absolutely. listener out there <laughs> absolutely um, so i'll be giving something away absolutely. you guys make sure you tap in mm -hmm. what is something about your childhood mm -hmm. that is impactful to you where you are right now in life Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> um, being a reader, I have always, always, always loved books. My mom says all the time, I have a younger sister. She's three years younger than me. And we were so different, still are. I am very much the nerd. I love books. I love board games. And she's very much the um, My Little Pony, My Little Pony, <laughs> Cabbage Patch, Barbie dolls. I was never that girl. I've always loved reading. I have always loved books. I have always loved things challenging my mind. And I've even done that from a very young age. And so 
now to be in a position to where I get to do this for a living and I get to help people release their powerful stories into the world and change the trajectory of their lives just through the written word is it blows my mind on some days. I never, ever thought that this could be a career for me. It was just a passion, something that I really loved doing. But now I've helped 200 people be in the same position as me, all from something that I believe genuinely was a seed planted when I was a little girl. So that's the one thing that sticks to me for sure that I was doing then that now I get the great pleasure of doing as well. So I was recently on a podcast and mm -hmm. they asked me, uh, what is it about PR that mm -hmm. really um, just resonates with me so much? And I think when it comes to the storytelling piece, and I want you to comment on this, mm -hmm. there's always something in someone's story, no matter what their background is, that connects us. There's something, because I, I do believe that people are, um, we're more, there's more good than bad. Yeah. Right? There is. It's just the bad is just real loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have more in common than we do different. Mm -hmm. It's just those differences speak volumes. Mm -hmm. So when we have the opportunity to tell even some of the most intimate and impactful pieces of our story that resonates with somebody oh, in the world. Sure. Yeah. That, that resonates, that connects, like that's the connector. That's the thing that makes people go, mm, that's, that's your humanity. Yes. How do you convey that message to your clients? Because I, I have a feeling that that connection piece and the emotional piece and the impactful piece, plays a big role in what you do because it's also a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jay, <laughs> I saw your comment. No, I, I absolutely agree with you, Tanya. I too, um, I believe that. I believe that our stories are connected. I believe that our lives are connected. And a lot of times, here's what I believe about language is that when it comes to language, a lot of times we don't have it for what we're experiencing. We don't have the language. We can't quite formulate our words. We can't quite put our stories together. But where I can get my language is in your story. And because you are giving language to what I'm experiencing, that helps me to know that I'm not alone. It helps me to know that I'm not the only one that's experiencing what's happening in my life. It helps me to know that I'm in a space of where I'm walking a path that someone else has. But the beautiful part of that is, is not only do you give me language to what I'm, do you give language to what I'm experiencing? You're also letting me know that there is a way out. You're letting me know that there's a different path. You're letting me, you're sharing with me some of your mistakes and some of the challenges that you may have gone through. So I don't have to repeat them. I can then learn from you. And I think that that's what people forget about books and stories is that if, I've ne if I never have an opportunity to connect with someone that I want to mentor me, your a book can be a person's mentor. And you can literally help me with my life and I never have an opportunity to meet you. 
And that's what's so important, that connection piece. And we forget is we're not just releasing products for the sake of releasing products. No, I'm sharing, sharing with you a portion of my life because I want to help you. <laughs> I want to help you. I want you to learn from what I don't want the next entrepreneur that follows me to have to go through homelessness. No, I want to I'm sharing with you my experience so you don't have to repeat it. Like, I know they say experience is the best teacher, but you know, you don't not quite have to have my same experience. You don't have to quite do what I'm doing. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. You can literally look at me. You can learn. You can say, you know what? Tamika went through that. This is what she said. I think I'm going to do that. So I don't walk that same road. So, but it's that interconnection, connectivity. That's what we forget that. And you said something very important. You know, we talk about being black, white, Korean, Latino, et cetera. But we forget that we're all the human race right? The humanity piece, the human race, we're all essentially one species. Now we have good, bad, and indifferent, but we're all humans at the end of the day. Nobody's story is that much different from the other person's. So, you know, I, I, didn't, I, genu I definitely believe that as well and have that same thought process. I think that is what has always attracted me to you is even without speaking about your stuff or my stuff, um, we've connected on a human level. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, trauma sometimes bonds people. It there's does. there's a thing. It's called trauma bonding. Sure it is. And even if you don't talk about it, there's something inside of us mm -hmm. that resonates with one another. Yep, that so, kindred spirit. We have kindred spirits. My trauma sister. Um, <laughs> but I definitely appreciate it. When I wrote my book and there were people that were like, I can't believe you told this story. I can't believe you said this stuff and told these names. I was like, listen, I've already gone through it. It's not yes. for me. I survived yes. it yes. to be able to help others. And even if we don't have the same experience, learning how someone navigates out of trauma, learning how someone navigates out of fear, learning how someone navigates out of sorrow, Mm. is a big lesson. So you yes. don't have to, one, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, right? Sure. And two, you don't have to try to figure it out on your own because I didn't get it right the first 10 times. Right. I did it right. I'm telling <laughs> yes. you about the time I got it right so that you do the right part and yes. not the 10 bad parts. So sharing the experience, sharing the solutions to some of life's biggest problems and traumas seem to be, uh, how we help each other and how we help others. Yeah. And I can, I definitely appreciate that. So let the people know um, how they can keep up with you, how they can get their hands on this book before everyone else does, how they can get your signature on it, all those cool <laughs> things. Let them know. Give them the all of the things, all of the things. So definitely um, you guys can visit www.inkpendiva.com. Ink pen like the ink pen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay, for putting in the website. Um, but you can visit www.inkpen.com. There you learn a little bit more about me. You learn a little bit more about Ink Pen Diva, the truth behind my pen. And please, as always, follow me on social media um, at Tamika L. Sims on Instagram, at Ink Pen Diva as well on Instagram. Um, I do like to share content for authors 
authors, folks that have a desire to be an author. So, you know, there's reels and videos and all the stories and things like that that people can check out and connect with me. Um, as well as if you're interested in learning more about um, my clients or anyone that I've worked with, you can certainly um, share, see their information as well. I believe in definitely being a big supporter of the people that come to me. And so you'll also see me pushing and promoting them as well. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you um, so much for taking the time to stop by and chat about the book. Uh, if you go on tour, make sure you stop by again so that we can <laughs> let everyone know. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will definitely do that. Yeah. And as you all know, uh, once you are part of the Leaders and Learners family, you are always welcome here and anything you have that we can support, elevate and share. Um, we are here for all of your greatness. So keep us posted and thank you for stopping by. I will. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye. So listen, y'all, we are, um, one more thing before you go. Okay. I'm going to ask the audience a question because I have that, um, book for them. Tell them what is your favorite dessert my favorite dessert peach cobbler peach cobbler, <laughs> peach cobbler. yes i'm a southern girl so y'all know i like my cobblers i know that's not true to you know it's not the only place you can get that in the south but i love peach cobbler there's nothing like warm peach cobbler fresh out of the oven absolutely all right, all right. thank you <laughs> again miss to me i'll talk you. to you in a bit bye okay so that's the question for the book um when we get the copy we will go ahead and put it on Sand and Shore social media and let you know how to get it. All right. Outside of that, um, yeah, I guess I'll see you guys back here soon and uh, take it easy.